1 Samuel 23, 1 through 14. Now they told David, Behold, the Philistines are, are fighting against Kilah and are robbing the threshing floors. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and save Kilah. But David's men said to him, Behold, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more than if we go to Kilah against the armies of the Philistines? Then David inquired of the Lord again, and the Lord answered him, Arise, go down to Kilah, for I will give the Philistines into your hand. And David and his men went to Kilah and fought with the Philistines and brought away their livestock and struck them with a great blow. So David saved the inhabitants of Kilah. When Abiathar, the son of Ahimelech, had fled to David to Kilah, he had come down with an ephod in his hand. Now it was told Saul that David had come to Kilah. And Saul said, God has given him into my hand, for he has shut himself in by entering a town that has gates and bars. And Saul summoned all the people of war, all the people to war, to go down to Kilah to besiege David and his men. David knew that Saul was plotting harm against him, and he said to Abiathar the priest, Bring the ephod here. Then David said, O Lord, the God of Israel, your servant has surely heard that Saul seeks to come to Kilah to destroy the city on my account. Will the men of Kilah surrender me into his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord, the God of Israel, please tell your servant. And the Lord said, He will come down. Then David said, Will the men of Kilah surrender me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, They will surrender you. Then David and his men, who were about six hundred, arose and departed from Kilah, and they went wherever they could go. When Saul was told that David had escaped from Kilah, he gave up the expedition. And David remained in the strongholds in the wilderness, in the hill country of the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul sought him every day, but God did not give him into his hand. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. Well, we have uh, you know an interesting passage here, and David is sort of back on his horse after after a really weird and rough few events yeah. of being on the run, you know, acting like a madman in Gath, and you know he he has his army, and you know just like as a little side note, back to First Samuel twenty two, who is this army? It's everyone who is in distress, everyone who is in debt, mm -hmm. everyone who is bitter in soul gathered to him and mm -hmm. he became commander over him. That's what first Samuel 22 tells us. And so he has this army of, it's kind of like the Island of misfit toys. Um, shout out Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer. <laughs> and it, it's sort of the, these outcasts, these debtors, and they're really afraid to go into battle here. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they're like, uh, we're in Judah and we're pretty afraid right now. Why mm -hmm. would we go fight Philistines? Mm -hmm. And yet David, much like in the, the narrative of his battle with Goliath, he, he seeks the Lord and is totally confident in the God of Israel. And God does, in fact, establish David against his enemies. And then, you know, Saul catches wind of this and, and the Lord advises David to to leave and David once again obeys. 
So very, very interesting story. Jerry, what do you, what are your thoughts on this passage? Yeah, there's some, definitely some, some kind of obvious things, right? But some, you know, differences between David and Saul, right? David's like seeking what the Lord wants him to do. He's, he's being sent into the things that would seem dangerous, would mm-hmm. not seem wise. I like how you, I like how you described, um, again, for us, the, the army that David has, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, their background. And, and yet, even though God is sending them in, into like these dangerous places, I mean, he, he saved people through David and this army. And, um, and so he's, He's he's demonstrating his trustworthiness. I think it's mm. it's easy for us to focus a little too much on, even though it's important part of the narrative, like the differences between Saul and David and everything. Yeah. But what is God kind of like showing about Himself mm-hmm. uh, in in this? And I think over and over again, he's he's demonstrating his his trustworthiness. He's demonstrating his provision for his king. Mm-hmm. Um, and. And like that's kind of how it ends here in verse 14. Saul sought him every day, but God did not give him into his hand. The other interesting thing is that like David, God didn't just give him every single like instruction and step in this situation. David went back to him like two times. Yeah. <laughs> and was like, is he gonna come down? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Should we leave? Yes. Like, and so I don't know. There's just that was something that stood out to me too, was that God is overall in control, but he's also in every single one of these little moments leading mm-hmm. David, protecting and providing for David. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, demonstrating his trustworthiness macro level, but also like micro level. Yeah. Another interesting note here in verse 13 that's really easy to overlook is it tells us, then David and his men who were about 600 arose and departed from Kyla. And just in, you know, yesterday or two days ago, mm-hmm. the army that he started with was 400 men. Yeah. And so, you, you know, he's had like a net 50% like increase. And it, it is fascinating that, you know, through these things, we don't really know when, you know, 200 men, like if, if those are men of Kyla or like where these numbers are kind of growing. But we do know that the not only is the Lord granting victory to David, but he's actually, you know, establishing him and growing him mm-hmm. and, and, you know, building this this protection around David. And, and you know, which is the the fruit of walking in, in humble obedience and, and dependence on the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so I I think that that is that's a a really interesting thing to note mm-hmm. that you know a lot of times those numbers especially you know I I like despise numbers <laughs> as a human being <laughs> so normally when I read numbers in the Bible I'm just like yep who cares well um, you did a pretty good math problem there too fifty percent increase come on you know? come on that's pretty good hey appreciate it yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah so we we see that and. and you know, I, I also think like another thing that is convicting about this passage is David brings all these random or not random, but all these questions about what should he do, where should he stay, what's going on. He brings all those to the Lord and mm-hmm. asks them. And 
you know, David, we also know that there's a lot of times of like deep confusion and having to wait for the Lord. Mm -hmm. And and so his relationship with God is not just like this, you know, 20 questions game where he can ask God anything and God answers him immediately. Mm -hmm. But I do think like there is even within that, like a encouraging admonition to just be in, you know, to pray without ceasing as we hear in the new Testament, like to, to be people who the, the decisions of life, what, even if it's just, you know, basic, like what is my next move here? You know, to bring that before the Lord and Mm -hmm. and then to listen, Mm because it's easy to pray about stuff. And then just like, you know, a lot of times I'll pray and be like, blah, 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 pour out my heart. Amen. And then like leave Mm -hmm. and not actually like wait for the Lord to guide me or Mm -hmm. direct me. And so, yeah, I think that's kind of ingrained in this passage as well. Yeah. And I think that speaks to like, what is, what is trust? You know, what is trust in God? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think we're seeing over and over again that David is characterized as like the future King who is, he's a man who trusts God versus Saul seems to be more and more someone who is totally distrusting in God and yeah. is just trusting in himself by the way he acts, you know, he's, yeah. he's doing these crazy things. And, and so, yeah, I mean, sometimes we can, uh, I think talk about prayer. Like we shouldn't, uh, you know, we, we shouldn't pray about like little things and stuff like that. But no, I think that that is like, it's, it's, it's indicative of your heart towards God. I mean, like, mm-hmm. do you really see him, as someone you're dependent upon. Mm, yeah. Um, and you know that kind of like, by the way, you pray. Yeah. And and so to your encouragement of prayer without ceasing, I mean, the action of not ceasing, I think is less important as what is your heart's posture towards God? Is it mm-hmm. of trust and dependence? And and if it's not, confess yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. That's the beauty of being Christian. You know, we're not saved by how good we depend on him, but we are saved through dependence on Christ mm-hmm. and recognizing our need for a savior and recognizing that we're not God. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that ongoing discipleship of mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm okay. You saved me. You love me. I'm your child, but also I'm not King still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so help me to like live with you as my King. So. Yeah. And even just a quick note on prayer, you know, I think it's easy to, to view prayer through this lens of, okay, the goal of prayer right, is to align our hearts and our mind with God, to commune with God. And so, and the idea, you know, praying without ceasing is the necessary necessary ingredient. And yet with that comes a demand for patience. Mm -hmm. And to me, like it's, it's similar as like running on a treadmill to get in shape. You know, like if you, run on a treadmill to get in shape and you're super out of shape and you run until it gets really hard. And then you say like, okay, I ran on a treadmill and it did not get me in shape. Mm-hmm. You're missing, you know, like you have to, it's the discipline of it right? and doing it even before you, you see the results and you know, Prayer doesn't work like in the exact same dynamic sense, but there there is a sense in which you know I think a lot of times there's we our expectations through prayer are not fulfilled, and then we're like, okay, yeah, this doesn't work, and just like give up on it mm-hmm. when it's actually the the patience and and perseverance is like the necessary ingredient. Yeah, so, that's a good word, and I and David embodies that. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. 
It's always in Psalm 34. And, and you know, he he's faithful to God when God is speaking to him. He's faithful to God when, when God seems distant. And, and so, yeah, may we be such a people. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, even today, maybe that's, if you're listening in the car right now or you're at home, you're doing dishes, you know, whatever you're doing, you know, take a moment to, to seek the Lord right now in prayer. Yeah. Well, for Will Carlisle, I'm Jeremy Brooks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.